You're listening to Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome to Blank Scenario and a new year. Woo! Twenty twenty three. Screw you, twenty two. <laughs> We're gonna try to not celebrate too early just to be safe. <laughs> I am your host, Marie, a.k.a. Queen in Yellow. And I am still your co-host, Casey, Aka the Grumpy Elf. <laughs> and we are starting strong this year. Are we? I mean, that... Strong relative to <laughs> us from years past, I suppose. I mean, just, we're starting. That's always a good place to begin. Banter, banter, banter. Laughter. <laughs> is this working? What is it they always say, like, the first step in a thousand miles begins... No, journey of a thousand miles begins the first step. No, what they say is people listen to the first 30 seconds, and if it's boring, <laughs> they don't keep going. So this is we why are we are interested. Keep listening. Well, anyways, on that note, now, as TikTok Casey. says, all right, now, now that all of the non-true fans have left, so here. Okay, so. We're not conspiracy theorists here. We're not, but that's that's a whole thing. All right, so for my prompt, I dug way back into my list of prompts. This one is probably one of my oldest prompts next to one that I have about Christopher Lee. This is one that's been in my list since probably a month or two after we started this mm-hmm. and nobody has actually done anything with it. So, two years later. So um, I don't remember what the exact context of this was, but we want to, in conjunction with the other show that has been going on, on uh, our sister brother channel, brother sister channel, <laughs> dreadful tales we wanted to do some kind of gothic story that was slightly dark so of course it's not going to end up that way but for the starter i mean it was it was pretty creepy are you talking about what we're going to come up with what we're coming up oh yeah yeah it's a different show um so i had the idea of a place that was cursed similar to groundhog day but not groundhog day Mm. but a place that is cursed that will repeat itself oh now i remember okay until it finishes what it's trying to do and at that point the dungeon is going to basically disappear it it takes control of you bit by bit forcing you to follow along with what it's been doing we use that a little bit in the curse of the warlock episode did we yeah we had the guy who had the town repeating on on a three-day loop in order to uncurse his girlfriend so this wasn't a three-day loop. Yeah, so this was just con- this is repeating to get to a goal, specifically. I think essentially what I wanted to do with this one was punish anyone who approaches it like Groundhog Day. Mm. That somebody who walks into this is going to think, oh, I need to do this the perfect way. And if you do it the perfect way, you are giving the dungeon a foothold, quote-unquote. Mm. The dungeon a foothold to put you in and force you into and include you in this curse. Because it is a cursed place. Mm-hmm. So is this more of lines of like Majora's Mask where you have to figure out how to stop it? Yes. Okay. And make a reference I kind of understand. <laughs> yeah. I do want it to be a Majora's Mask kind of situation. And I also do want it to be something that your players are not stuck to it. It's just going to keep repeating and repeating until you figure out how to break the loop. And you don't break the loop by doing what the loop wants, which is the opposite of what most players are going to think. Mm-hmm. Since we're trying to approach this from a gothic standpoint, and I think we've mentioned this before, typically with gothic stories, you're talking about a location that has some kind of hold on or over you 
forcing you to be a certain way or forcing you to figure out a certain thing. And until you figure out that mystery, you are going to be dealing with the cost of whatever that place is. Mm -hmm. So with Gothic, it's typically a lot of old mansions, a lot of old houses. So we could do this almost with the Domains of Dread, almost Mm -hmm. if we wanted to do it as an offshoot of Strahd, or you could do this Mm -hmm. as a random village that people come across. There's a lot of options with it, but that was my consideration. Hmm. One thing I think of is Ms. Paragon's home for um, peculiar children. I have not seen or read either of those, so you're going to have to give me some detail. So all the kids have weird abilities, basically like mutants, but not really mutants. Mm -hmm. General just for the book, and people don't like them because they're weird, whatever. The Paragons Peregrine. Peregrines are basically that. They're birds. They are adults with these abilities, specifically able to turn to birds. Usually some type of falconess creature, but they can be different ones. And they are able to create a time stop. And by doing so, they just basically maintain a time stop that a 24-hour cycle will constantly repeat. Okay. And they do so usually at places that are destroyed. Because it is a last-ditch effort. In the first book, the time stop is right when a World War II bomb blew up an orphanage. So she created a time stop right before the orphanage blew up. So in the air quotes standard timeline, it was destroyed and the kids died. But they are still alive because that time loop is constantly Mm -hmm. stopping right before the bomb hits. So you could do something like that. Where Mm -hmm. you have someone who's created a time stop and it's just going back. And then going back and then going back to this one event. Again, Majora's Mask. This may be the moment that we decide whether to keep this or not. Did we do in the wizard that was trying to do the repeating time loop? Mm -hmm. Did we do that for like personal reasons? He was trying to prevent something from happening. He most of us ended up with the scenario being where he asked the girlfriend who's a cleric, asked the DT to stop the moon for three days or stop the day ending for three days, so he had time to uncurse her. There was a limit to how far it was going to stretch. It wasn't infinite. Okay. Hmm. Then what I would say is for this, we need to avoid it being a specific person that's doing Mm -hmm. it. Okay. I think it's just the curse of the place, Mm. and we'll just to distance ourselves. Sure. Just to distance ourselves from that idea, Mm -hmm. from that other idea originally, we can have this place be cursed as a punishment for something that was done. So they're forced, essentially purgatory. You're going to be forced to live and repeat mm-hmm. whatever it is that you've experienced. And honestly, depending upon how cheesy and corny you wanted it to be, this could be a town that's been on repeat for so long that the players don't know it because the people that it was repeating with have all long since died mm-hmm. and turned to skeletons, but they're <laughs> still being forced to continue mm-hmm. so when your players walk into town and begin to feel the effects of this town mm. they won't understand why mm. so the people who are stuck in the loop are doing it as a punishment for yes. something and a punishment that also prevents them from discussing the curse mm-hmm. that's interesting then because it seems like you could have people going through this who are repeating lines so to speak that they don't want to mm-hmm. that they are kind of being puppeteered into doing this almost you could start having moments where they have which the only unfortunate thing of this is you would have to write down dialogue specifically mm-hmm. which is a lot but you could have if you're a good enough dm 
in, <laughs> in your own mind. With this style of approach, you could absolutely have emphasis of specific words mm -hmm. that they're saying. They have to say exactly these words, but how they emphasize mm -hmm. these words is going to tell your players everything that they need to know. Yeah, that's interesting because you would hear <gasps> snippets of dialogue, a very flat, monotone, of people just saying the line as they're walking, but then people come across your players, and as they get to their players, <laughs> they're emphasizing words. It's the room. Hello. Oh, who is it? Oh, it's you, Johnny. You're my favorite customer. Hello, Dougie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. That's just a conversation mm -hmm. that happens. What uh, just dawned on me, and it would be an easy way to approach this. There's an improv game that I play with my kids every mm. single year called Two-Line Vocabulary. Mm. And that is what you would have to do. That's the easy way, the, the cheaty man's way to have mm. this. Either the entire town or each person within the town mm -hmm. is given specific lines of dialogue that they must say throughout the day. Mm. They can choose when to say them, mm -hmm. but they must say exactly those lines whenever they say them. They can choose how to say them. But again, they must say exactly those hmm. lines. Okay. So you can't swap it up and be like, I'm going to take this word from this line, this word from this line. You can't bumblebee this thing. Mm -hmm. But you as the DM then just have to come up with as many different sentences that are quote unquote normal sentences mm -hmm. as you can that you can just pull off as a list in front of you and just check them off as somebody uses them. Okay. So they you'd have like a line of like, I need five bread. And yeah. someone would say that at some point in the day. Just as a way of simplifying the time loop aspect, could this be a time loop that is breaking down the people as well? So what you, you mentioned like down? they're repeating the day constantly mm -hmm. and they could be repeating up until like a moment of something horrible happening, whether it was by choice or by accident and just somehow they're stuck here. Mm -hmm. But as the day goes, it's kind of degrading them. So they are, depending upon when you want to drop your players into it, it's either right after their curse and that's like the full day they're living through. Or it's later on, and they are saying snippets of dialogue, but it's much more of like a pantomime because they're losing themselves, and so they can't act it out properly anymore. What I would say with this is remove the idea of a time loop from it. Mm -hmm. This is not a time loop. This is just people repeating a day. This is people repeating mm -hmm. a day. Okay. They are cursed yep. to repeat the same day mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over. And because they're cursed to repeat that same day, you also are going to have people that come into the town that are replacing people who have died <laughs> during the mm. repeat of this day. So they are coming in essentially being a, think of it like an understudy. Yeah. You are coming in, you are filling in the role for somebody that passed away. Mm. It's the nature of the curse that you have to fulfill it. That's also the reason why I say there might be skeletons, depending mm -hmm. upon how you approach it, that mm. are just roaming the, the grounds that have their specific things that they're supposed to say and do. But they are, at this point, just an animated skeleton. <laughs> they, they can't say it. Yeah, you see the jaw moving as it's attempting to. Mm -hmm. I think that would be interesting, then, if your players walk into town, see these people, air quotes, going throughout the day. Some of them seem to be much too old for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Some of them seem too young for what they're doing. But then your players start, like, they interact with someone, and that's the person now they have to replace. You have the very old woman and the very young man going through a proposal scenario. Mm -hmm. You have a young blacksmith and then a old um, a horse boy. Hor yep. Horse boy. Horse boy. Mm -hmm. Because they've aged up, basically, but they haven't been replaced yet. Yep. And it's new adventurers who have come, in, come mm -hmm. in to take that spot. And again, I think the way that this curse takes hold is somehow either the players try to help with it by following mm -hmm. through on it, or 
um, that might be the reason to have the list of dialogue. If your players start yeah. using lines mm-hmm. that are supposed to be used in the mm-hmm. town, then they're going to start having to roll mm-hmm. wisdom checks, intelligence yeah. checks, probably wisdom checks, mm-hmm. to overcome the curse of the town to be able to say what they want to say. Mm-hmm. Because the curse is beginning to take hold of them. I think, too, I would have it be where if they interact with the people who are saying the lines of dialogue, that also is going to start incorporating them. The more they directly interact, the more likely they are to be trying to take it over. Yeah. Okay, so lock-ins are? So we've got the idea of a not a loop, but a repeating day for a town. Mm -hmm. And if you try to feed into it, it's going to take hold of you. Repeating day, not a loop. Um. Base idea that if you play... What is it? Fe- oh, playing the game. Yeah. Playing the game feeds the loop. And the place itself is what's cursed, and the people are just living the same day as they're aging and dying. It almost has kind of a Westworld vibe a little bit. A little bit. I think that might be where I got some of this idea from. I think. Because then you could almost have the idea the ventures could attempt to change things. But they really can't. Although, that could be interesting. If they actively try to play into it, thinking maybe we just need to like follow the townspeople to break the curse, then they end up becoming part of the town. If they try to actively stop people from doing things, that's what unravels the curse. So let me ask you this. How did this place get cursed? Because it feels like it needs to be something fairly sinister that caused this. Whether it was a single person had an accident and it affected the town that much, or the town collectively did something? So we can discuss this, but I feel like this fits in with our why. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't use this as a lock-in specifically if we're going to discuss. So for me, one of the the ways that this could go is if it's meant to be a punishment, then it was the town did not act whenever it was supposed to, Mm -hmm. either to help another place or to help a resident of that town i think that resident has long since left and use this punishment as an opportunity to remind people or or to force people to relive the moment that they still relive Mm -hmm. in their own mind of why was i let down by the people Mm -hmm. that claim to care about me Mm -hmm. i think that's one approach to it I think if you wanted it to be another town, it could be as simple as an ancient ruler. Mm. You know, there, there's no telling how many 500,000, 2,000 years this place has been going. And it could very well be that this is one nice area mm. in the midst of a really run down and broken down and dying forest. Mm-hmm. Because since they've been repeating themselves, they've been maintaining mm-hmm. this entire place. Mm. Or if you're constantly fixing a fence, you're constantly fixing a fence. There are specific areas within the town that are really nice and clean and specific mm-hmm. areas that are completely run down because yeah. they're not doing anything about them because they can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you talk to one of the people about that rundown fence and it's like this one spot is pristine that they're mm-hmm. working on and the spot next to it is rotting away. And the players ask him about it. Oh, I'll get to that part tomorrow. <laughs> Because it seems like it could also be even the idea that this area remembers, like the town itself remembers what it was like and is trying to maintain that. And so in a way, it has basically cursed the residents to 
continue living in it. You want to have almost, sentient land? Kind of. It's almost like a ghost town that doesn't want to die, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a little bit more esoteric than I would go with it, but <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. The part of the inspiration for that is uh, the street by, um, how did I forget his name? Lovecraft. <laughs> like, how did oh. I forget Lovecraft? Um, he wrote a story called The Street. It's one of the early stories. And it's basically the street remembers all of these things that have happened to it. So whenever mm-hmm. it is invaded, the street fights back because it remembers kind of where it came from. Okay. Almost kind of like that. Not necessarily sentient, but in, there is a status quo this town has gotten to. And as the town was dying off, it reacted to that and did so by trapping the residents into a loop. So here's an interesting idea. Did you ever watch the cartoon Noel? No. My family, my mom hated it. I loved it <laughs> as a child. The The basic mm. sum up of this story, it's a, it's a Christmas story. Mm. I kind of figured by the name. Yeah. There's, it starts off with, <laughs> it starts off with a glass blower that is blowing an ornament whenever he finds out either his daughter has given birth or his wife has given birth to a child. And while he's blowing glass, he's so happy that he cries a single tear of joy. And that single tear of joy goes down the pipe that he's blowing the glass through and lands on the ornament that he's blowing Mm -hmm. and gives some level of sentience to this ornament that it has a spirit of joy because of the Mm -hmm. tear of joy that's inside Mm -hmm. of it. Nobody can talk to it. It doesn't really get recognized by human beings. But it has enough sentience to be able to like talk with the tree and mm-hmm. talk with the other ornaments and talk and um and over the course of the story, Noel goes from being this very upbeat and chipper to he falls off the tree and he mm-hmm. breaks and dies. But because it's the spirit of joy that he had within him, the spirit of joy goes on to become, I think, like a fire in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. So he is always going. He's eternal mm-hmm. at that point. Like the spirit of Christmas. Mm-hmm. For years to work, it would have to be something along those lines, mm-hmm. in my mind, that it's not just the spirit of the place. It's there was someone or something mm-hmm. that had a collective emotion that is so strong that it forced sentience upon the place. Mm-hmm. That could work, actually. If this was maybe like a final frontier or if the original founders here were, you know, almost like pilgrims, like this is going to be our home. We'll make it our home. It'll be our home forever. Mm-hmm. And then it, towns are dying off, and they found that they couldn't leave. And as they died, more people came in to replace them. Yeah. So town was theirs forever. <laughs> and this is where we go down the rabbit trail of humor rather than seriousness. The town is codependent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think and there there is wiggle room there. I wanted to kind of nail that down, especially for the gothic tone, because it's really easy to say, the town is cursed. <laughs> Kind of, but gothic, yeah, gothic stories typically have more of a unknown element that, as a GM, you kind of know what's going on, but the players really aren't going to understand. The problem for me is, as soon as you put a known on it, Mm -hmm. you are giving the players the opportunity to find it. Yeah. So if it needs to be an unknown, then it needs to be an unknown. Oh yeah, yeah, I would definitely. But yeah. yeah. It's more of knowing how it works for the GM so they can make sure that they are allowing the players to do things within confines of the limitations. Yeah. And if they do something that does break those limitations, that they're allowed to get success on that. Yeah. Because I I go back again to the Haunting of Hill House on Mm -hmm. Netflix. The story of the house makes sense 
once you look at the end of it. But the beginning, it has n- there's no logic to it. It makes no sense what's going on. Yeah. But by the end of it, you realize what the rules kind of are, but it still doesn't explain all of the rules. Mm-hmm. It just kind of is. And that's, I think, what this town needs to be. It needs to be just, the town just kind of is that's for the players. The difference between Hill House and what we're discussing, though, is that Hill House is a ghost story. <laughs> yeah. And ghost stories tend to have rules. Mm-hmm. Not gothic, mm-hmm. but ghost True. in specific. True. Although ghosts and gothic tend to go mm-hmm. hand in hand mm-hmm. more often than not. Yeah. So okay. yeah, that's just my stance. Take from that <laughs> what you will. All right. So then we have the idea of the players interacting. Mm-hmm. Can the players break the curse? I would allow that to happen. I, From the outset sitting here right now, I can't say exactly how. I just know that if they... If they play into what the curse wants, Mm -hmm. then the curse will add on to them. I think Mm -hmm. for me, that's the larger threat overall. If you start having party members that start feeling the effects (laughs) of this curse, Mm -hmm. because I think too, I don't like that your idea is going to work best for this. But if you do make it a sentient place rather Mm -hmm. than a specific curse that's placed on there, you're also going to avoid the cleric that's going to completely come in and just undo curse. Mm-hmm. And then it's gone. Well, I'm thinking this would be a low level of entry. This definitely feels like a town you would pass through. Mm-hmm. Either on like a random encounter table of you come across a town in the middle of nowhere. Or you kind of have like a downtime session on, on travel. And so you want to throw something in just to mess with the players a bit. Yeah, but I do think for your style, it would work for a higher level adventure. Mm-hmm, yeah. I ask about breaking the curse because it's a question of can the players avoid it versus can they just completely stop it altogether? Because I think they can definitely avoid it. I think that's the goal here. They recognize something is happening to them enough that they can get out, but are they going to be able to take anyone with them or stop the whole town entirely? And if so, what are the consequences? Because I don't think I don't think there needs to be motivation there to just break the curse. I don't think it needs to be that as a stake. I think, if anything, for me, I'd want the players to recognize this is just an ongoing thing. And everyone here is a victim, but we are also becoming victims of this. This isn't a, there's an ancient evil to defeat situation. This is just a thing that's happening that we need to get out. And I don't want to present it in a way that they feel like they need to save everyone. I think it could be fun to put a slight red herring into it of... Because of the nature of this place, there are monsters that Mm. have moved in. It would probably Mm. be a higher intelligence monster. (laughs) So not talking just rats in the basement. Mm -hmm. But due to the nature of this place, they know there are areas they're not going to get messed with. Mm -hmm. And for your players, if they're investigating and they find that place, Mm. they're going to have a fight that happens. And they'll think, oh, this is the thing that caused it. And as soon as they defeat the thing and nothing changes, I think that'll be a very clear evidence for your players that not all is as it seems. This is a great spot for a vampire, another sentient creature, because this is free food. These Mm. people can't fight back because of the curse, but they are constantly replaced. True, but can a vampire overcome the nature of the curse Mm. to stay here? That's true. Does it extend to them or not? How long did it stay here before it figured out the rules of the curse Mm because i think that's the thing that's most dangerous about this if you again if you play the game Mm -hmm. you're going to get trapped by it Mm -hmm. so for a vampire how quick were they to figure out the game Mm -hmm. that there even was one (laughs) much less the rules of the game yeah 
Because for your party, they'll mm-hmm. pick up on it pretty quick mm-hmm. because there's multiple of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, there could even be a creature in the outskirts that comes in occasionally. Yeah. And your players happen to be there on the same day that this creature has come in to take someone. I don't. I think it's too dangerous to do it, but my first thought is something like a banshee or a white. Oh, yeah. That would be just sentient enough to be mm-hmm. able to live in the space without disrupting those mm-hmm. around it because it sees that as a as a defense mm-hmm. that it has. Well, I mean, vampire or something like that could work if you think about the idea it only affects living things. Yeah. Because it's not affecting the buildings or the plant growth or anything like that. It's only affecting the people. This town has all manner of species in it that are filling in these really mm-hmm. weird roles. You have a dragonborn, an orc, and then a human child. And that's a family. Mm-hmm. Not biologically possible, but somehow that's a family unit. Mm-hmm. And they're not acting like it's adopted. Because <laughs> the real parents of that baby are somewhere else in the town filling in a different role. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can even have people who are playing married couples that hate each other. And people who are married who are living in opposite ends of town now because they came in here. Mm-hmm. It also begs the question, is this town calling people? I don't think so. I think it just takes what it can get. It's like a Venus flytrap. Mm. It'll so take what comes in. empty roles potentially your players can fill. Yeah. There will always be empty roles <laughs> that can be filled because there are always people dying off. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea then. I think for me that's what I do. It's some type of sentient monster that can kind of impress take upon advantage. the players. that Yeah, take advantage of it, but the players fight it. It goes... There's always a role available for you before it dies. Oh. Just to mess with the players. Because then re- they're really going to think that, oh, yeah, this thing is controlling it. And they go, no, it's not. Oh. There's something bigger going on. No, that has so much deeper meaning than what you think. <laughs> oh. Okay. I have an idea now. <laughs> I think I've got it. I think I've got a decent idea. So if we can do a five minute scribble break and see what we come up with for our. Hopefully, gothic, serious story. (laughs) Uh, Casey, I will let you go second. Yeah. (laughs) So for me, I went with that the town was somewhat aware that it remembers what it was and what it could be. And so town is trying to sustain itself in a fashion. Um, I don't have exactly ironed out how, but I don't think it matters necessarily for the story. So your players are going to see town in the distance while they're traveling. Make sure this is a time when they are low in supplies or have been traveling for a while, so they want to stop. Basically, Venus flytrap. But it's not any maps they know of, so they think maybe it's a new town. Maybe it's just the map's out of date. Maybe your players don't have a map, and it kind of is irrelevant. (laughs) Either way, they see town in the distance, and they can go there. The town is fairly well kept, so there's nothing suspicious on the onset. People are friendly. And they seem a bit odd, but it's kind of isolated, so maybe it's just that. There are a couple of signs, though, that things are not quite what they seem for the players. The rooms at the end are very dusty, and it seems like the innkeeper is either not good at their job or very difficult to talk to because they have a hard time getting rooms and paying and then having rooms cleaned tomorrow, supposedly. Either way, they've got rooms. They're not sleeping on a dirt road. They'll take it. If they talk to anyone in the town, they seem that same kind of jerkiness is how I would describe it. Not necessarily stilted, but someone says, Glitchy. yeah, yeah. Almost like a video game glitch of they say something, but that's not what they were supposed to say. Almost you can see it in their face and they keep continue on. 
Now, this is only for people interacting with the players. Anyone else seems to be normal business. But any player interactions that happen, that's where that kicks off. It seems kind of odd. It might be a red flag for the players, but nothing suspicious. They'll probably just be up late or something like that. Because they're going to be on guard because they're players and they're going to be suspicious of everything. The next day, the innkeeper will say, I don't recognize you. Even though by facial expressions, she clearly does. This is going to be odd again for your players. Going around town, they're going to start seeing things they saw when they first walked into town. Now, the player who spoke the most to any of the NPCs, so you do want to kind of keep track of it, or just the player that's most interesting if you want to go with that, they need to start making wisdom saves. Otherwise, the town itself is going to start compelling them onto a path, and you can have something predetermined for them to do. This path, if they fail the wisdom save, will take them past a old house. If they succeed on the save, then they're just going to see someone else walking past, and this will happen to that person. So if your player succeeds, just have an NPC fall for this. As player slash NPC walks past the house, something grabs them, carries them inside, and there is a scream. If it is your player, they are dragged inside, and all of a sudden, something has bit them. What has happened is a ghast, which, from what I can tell, is a sentient ghoul, essentially. Okay. You could use any type of undead, really. I figure I just need something that wasn't necessarily specifically straw, but also not just a random ghost. I need something in between. Intelligent enough to realize this is a feeding ground, but not intelligent enough to really make the most of it. So there's a gas, which is going to try to eat your player or the NPC. Other players can run in and help. They see it. The gas tells them to go away. It doesn't really want to fight. It just wants a meal. Players are probably going to fight it because that's what players do. And as it's dying, it'll warn them that town has roles available for them, too, if they don't leave. So it's going to come across as a threat because it is a creature telling them this, that they're fighting. And your player is going to be like, huh, well, we fought something. This guy seems okay. Maybe we did something that helped. Maybe not. Players may not even think about it. Day three rolls around, though. And at this point, the players realize the people are doing the exact same thing in the exact same way, and the person who walked past that house, either your player is compelled to walk past it again, or that NPC walks past it. So they now have to figure out how to get out of here. If they don't figure out by this point that they need to get out, then they're in trouble, because they have five days when they they walk in before the town takes over. So there is a deadline, and if they don't manage to get out, they will be on a path. At this point, all of your players are making wisdom saves. And that all of them will have things of, you need to go talk to that person and say this one line. You need to go over here and ask for new, new horseshoes. I don't have a horse. Go ask for new horseshoes. Have little things your players can do that they are basically building out their path that they will be taking if they don't get out. The way to break this curse is to succeed on wisdom save and get past property line. And if they want to try to save anyone, they can. <laughs> they can try to drag people with them. They're only going to be, you know, three to five players, so they can't really take too many people. If you want to throw something kind of tragic into it, you can have, like, a family who's saying, you know, like, trying to get them to take the kid with them, potentially, to save the kid. Um, That's really just an option if you really want to make it darker. (laughs) But your players have five days to get across that property line before the curse takes over. As soon as they're across the line, they're fine. The curse ends. The town has no effect on them. But they will see everyone behind them living out that single day every time 
I like it. We have some similarities. Mm -hmm. There are some, and there are things in there that I didn't consider whenever I was thinking about mine that I like that you did. (laughs) Although I would say I wouldn't have the same NPC walking by. I think at that point you would have to have one of the players walking Mm, by. That player's now having to do it. Because that NPC is gone, obviously. Oh, true. They got taken. So (laughs) You now get to fill that role. Yeah, somebody has to fill (laughs) that role. Mm -hmm. And yeah, okay. I like that. And I do like that you put a time limit on it specific for the days. Mm -hmm. That also works. I think, again, you and I took some similar approaches, but I took a a big old step in a direction. And I I will appreciate any kind of feedback you have on this Mm because there's definitely – I'm actually excited about this one. I would love to run this one. Be prepared. Those of you that are like, I want to run whatever one he's he's talking about, be prepared. Mm -hmm. You need to know that this is going to be a player punishment. (laughs) Oh, no. Just be aware from the outset. Your players, just by the choices that they are probably going to make, are going to hate you. And it is not your fault because they made those decisions. (laughs) I just want you to know that. Okay. So, typically I start my players at the entrance to whatever town. For this one, though, I think you can start it a little bit sooner and maybe have some encounters before you get to the town itself. Essentially, the story will start off with your players on a notice board of some kind, seeing a specific poster saying that the town of Whitecrest Valley needs help to deal with a wraith that has popped up within their town or that there's a wraith problem within the town. The players are going to notice that the sign is very old, that it has been around for a while, and for whatever reason, it's still up. We could say, you know, maybe to be non-suspicious, maybe something Mm -hmm. like five years. To be very suspicious, it could be something as much as 10 to 15, Mm -hmm. maybe close to 20. And for whatever reason, no one has taken care of this wraith problem. It's just still up. So your players will journey from wherever they are to Whitecrest Valley to handle this wraith problem. They think they've got it. It's not super complicated. Well, let's take care of it and get paid. And you can put up a high price for payment just to ensure that your players will take the bait. Whenever your players eventually arrive in Whitecrest, and like I said, there can be some stuff in between because I think Whitecrest Valley itself is probably... I wouldn't want it to be as decayed as if there's a hag there. There's no hag. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want it to be as decayed as if there's a hag there, but I want it looking pretty run down, except for the area of the town itself, which is kind of oddly bright. Mm -hmm. Um, The town seems normal amongst the otherwise very gloomy surroundings of the forest and the rest of the valley. The town itself is an odd amalgamation of very eclectic characters, Mm -hmm. odd races that you have not seen living peaceably amongst one another before. And the players will need to navigate this town to find out where either the wraiths or the the wraith Mm -hmm. or where the wraiths are that they're having to fight. And part of the difficulty of this investigation is, according to the players, the entire town seems apathetic. Mm -hmm. When the wraiths are brought up, other discussions are had, <laughs> or it's treated as if it's a myth. It's treated as if it's not a problem. And the players might get frustrated with why the town is acting the way that it is acting. The players eventually may come across the oldest member of this town. 
a man who is a peacemaker in the town. That's one of the terms mm. that you hear tossed around by the name of Josiah Don. Josiah Don rules over this town, and when the players actually meet him, he will look so old and barely capable to, of functioning that the players will wonder why anyone actually likes him. But one of the things your players will consistently find in this town is there is weird mystical iconography that is showing up all over the place. The townsfolk all are wearing, or some are wearing odd clothing that is some level of maybe religious attire that goes along with it. In terms of style, my brain goes very puritanical. Mm. Okay. And maybe like Spanish puritanical is what I would say. Just to give a style for it. Eventually, when your players finally do find the wraith, there is only one, and it is living in the basement of a house. I don't think it matters which one. (laughs) When your players finally find the wraith and are able to overcome it, they will have two things that end up happening. Number one, when the wraith fight occurs, you as a DM need to ensure that at least one of the players actually gets hit by the wraith. Mm -hmm. Only one. If you get multiple, even better, Mm -hmm. but only one. And then once the players defeat the Wraith, the Wraith can say something along the lines of there must always be one or now it's your turn or the role must be filled. However you want it to be. Most of that can take place within a day. Your players don't really need to um, to be spending multiple days in this town because dawn of the second day (laughs) when dawn breaks in the town of white crest valley your players will begin to notice two things one one of them whoever got hit or whoever of your choice got hit is beginning to experience necropsy Mm. parts of their body seem to be blackening and dying off and um for no seeming effect Mm. And no level of magic or healing is having any kind of effect on it. Secondly, there are certain words and phrases that are becoming intensely difficult for your players to say. Treat it kind of like drunkenness. Mm. Use whatever drunk rules you want to have for your players. That being able to speak is becoming more difficult for them Mm. for certain words and phrases. For the end of this story, before I tell you what all is going on. (laughs) For the end of this story, the players have one choice and one choice only that will save them. That is leaving the town. Mm. If they choose to stay in the town at all, stay in the valley at all, the curse that is in this valley will continue to take hold further and further and further. And I think for your players, if if you're a DM for long enough like I am, <laughs> your players will wake up with this struggle and their first thought isn't going to be, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. Their first thought is going to be, well, we need to solve what's going on. Mm-hmm. And thus begins the true investigation. If you have players that leave within the same day mm-hmm. instead of staying the night, then by all means, they fought a wraith and they can leave and the <laughs> next morning have some of the same stuff happen, but let it disappear over time. Okay? Story's done. Mm-hmm. No, no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. If your players stay and begin searching for the reasoning behind this, they will begin to uncover the true history of this place. That the reason that this place is the way that it is, is there was a religious sect that took up 
residents here and basically created its own version of the Holocaust mm -hmm. within this place where those who did not follow along with this religion were punished for it. And thus, with the horrors of the decisions that were made in one fell swoop, this town cursed itself and brought upon the wraith that takes up residence, that only takes up residence in places where a great sadness has occurred. Mm -hmm. And one of your players, should they decide to stick around, will eventually be taking on the role of that wraith. Mm -hmm. So the only way out is to leave. <laughs> I do like that it it basically forces the players to make that choice that no player wants to make, but is always on the table still. Yep. It is a self-isolation. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately for me, what I liked with this approach is that there is no solution for this. Mm -hmm. The town has cursed itself. The only surviving member of the original group that would know what it is that's going on here is Josiah Dawn. Mm -hmm. And Josiah Dawn is so old and incapable of really functioning, you're not going to get much out of him. And even at that, I think you can still do what I was talking about with the list of lines mm -hmm. that everybody has. Yeah. And do that with Josiah even, just to mess with the players. Mm -hmm. That, again, ultimately every role within the town must be filled. And it's because this town had that very religious... Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a conservative, but like had a very religious, uber conservative mm -hmm. mindset towards how the members of this town should act and react to the point that they locked themselves into this is the only way mm -hmm. that we can do this. And because they locked themselves into that, they say no reason to fix it. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to fix it. Yeah, that's interesting because you'd have the oldest player in town who's the last surviving one, but everyone else in town has basically been drawn in. Mm -hmm. So they are reliving this, not knowing why they have to. Mm -hmm. When probably the previous residents were like, we're just reliving this and we're okay with it until they weren't. And all of a sudden they were being replaced and dying off. Now, the cool thing is, and the reason I chose the Wraith, is that they actually have, they're one of the few races in D&D &D that I'm aware of, or monsters, that actually create versions of themselves yeah. by killing off players. Mm -hmm. So if you manage to kill off one of them, then you will get a wraith automatically mm -hmm. that will refill in that role. Yep. And then, you know, the next day you go back and there's only one again. Mm -hmm. No, very nice. Yeah, and that's definitely a darker take on it too. Yeah. I I took, I think it was called The Disciple. Mm, the oh, Netflix yeah. film. Yeah. I took a little bit of liberties from that was the kind of town that I was picturing mm -hmm. whenever I was picturing it. Maybe not like on an island, but that <laughs> style of approach. Yeah. A very, it's a very eclectic group that has this very specific style of clothing that mm -hmm. you're going to see that's going to creep out your players. Yep. And a very specific ideology yeah. that is being expressed, even if no one's saying anything about it. Well, and again, it goes back to that example that i gave before of the venus flytrap mm -hmm. it's a warning the yeah. entire town is a warning mm -hmm. for you to stay away yeah. don't go there mm -hmm. the very fact that you have a sign that has been up for 5 <laughs> 10 15 years should tell you mm -hmm. not to go there but players are going to go there mm -hmm. curiosity killed a cat oh and it will definitely get them <laughs> at that point you're rolling up new players cuz there's i i think it is more fascinating and more fair to have a town that you cannot escape from the curse that is there. It's just, it is inescapable. Yeah. Just bottom line. 
and I think if you want to make it a bigger deal, you could absolutely have some kind of deity beyond this realm mm-hmm. that is guiding it, that is controlling it, that is allowing it to continue because of whatever religious, whatever was going on there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say cult, but because that has specific iconography that mm-hmm. goes along with it as well. But it very well could be. Yeah. I have a great start to the new year. <laughs> what happens when you get stuck in a rut? <laughs> That is why you always leave a note. <laughs> we will leave that gothic episode there. Uh, we have two strange and mildly depressing scenarios for you to start the year off with. I mean, that's the nature <laughs> of gothic. Oh, yeah. A lot of ghosts, no explanations. Everyone dies. Slow plotting, lots of depression, but kind of cool mm-hmm. at the same <laughs> time. Be sure to listen to I Remain Over at Dreadful Tales for the reason why this became a gothic episode from our gothic tale for that uh, holiday special. Mm-hmm. And we will see you next episode as we continue on in the new year. Woo! And after all of that, happy new year. <laughs> woot woot. We got this, guys. We got this. Later, y'all. Hello. Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. <laughs>